Hi, I'm Roy Collin, and I'm the creator of the podcast. You can find everything about me and the five podcasts on bio.link forward slash podcaster, and you'll find it in the QR code there. I'd also like to thank my sponsors. If you or someone you know is struggling with anxiety and want to know how to be 100% anxiety free in six weeks without therapy or drugs, Daniel Packard Anxiety Solution Program Company offers a six weeks system that permanently solves anxiety at an astounding 90% success rate. People who join the program only pay at the end once they have clear, measurable results. If you're interested in learning more, go to permanentanxietysolutions.com where you can book a free consultation with Daniel. Do you have high blood pressure or want to get off the meds? Doctors are amazed at what Zona Plus can do. Get a $50 discount with my code ROY. Go to zona.com slash discount slash ROY and you'll see the QR code for all my sponsors down at the end. Quality Polish manufacturer of metal products for telecommunication and workshop equipment and other metals. If you'd like a brochure, you see it in the QR code and you just let us know if you would like a quotation shipped internationally and very competitive rates. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Welcome to the Meditation Podcast. You can find all our episodes on meditationpodcast.org. I guess today, she's the founder of Relating Academy, a collection of results-focused relating coaches that help entrepreneurs improve any relationship. She's an author as well. And she's from Kiev in the Ukraine, but living in Cape Town, Africa. Please welcome Anna Shalina. Thank you, Roy. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to chatting with you for a while, and it's an absolute honor. So I'm excited for this conversation. No, I'm looking forward to it as well. So I suppose let's start off with kind of your own kind of journey along. You know, I know you do breathwork, meditation, everything, but your whole kind of journey to what you're doing at the moment. Right. So starting from the end, I guess. Yeah. Uh, have you were born. The- I was born once upon a time in a land far, far away. Uh, so about a decade ago, I sold my security business where I had like over a thousand people work for me and it was like a high stress, very um, type A. Everything was about deals and money and like very business focused. And um, after I sold that, I kind of like swung the other way into everything, meditation and spirituality and breath work and lived in Bali for five years and like practiced almost every modality that you could kind of like throw at me at the time. So I had this like um, one foot in both worlds, one foot in like the very business world and one foot in like the very spiritual world. And um, as time, and I was coaching business for about eight years, um, business mindset, helping people make money, close deals and all that. But for me, like something felt that wasn't like it was missing, like money, like the business thing wasn't, people wanted it, but time and time again, I'd help entrepreneurs reach their goals and their fulfillment was very, very short lived. And I was like, this can't be it, you know, and uh, eventually through my own path and uh, with like plant medicine and many, many hours of meditation, I, it came to 
really the crux of life is relating and whether it's like relating with your business and relating with finances and money and success relating with your purpose a lot of people expect to have a purpose or a passion without building a relationship with it you know they kind of expect it to just like show up and be there but it's like how you're actually nurturing that relationship to obviously relating with other people and yourself and different parts of yourself your inner child your older wiser self and all of the, the things in between and um, yeah myself and uh, a, a collective of coaches now host um, courses that we do online and it's really fascinating and the vision of, of like just a world with better relating and anywhere we look we kind of like need that and I'm very excited to be part of part of this vision Brilliant. and like you mentioned previously you had like you know a thousand employees I know from being an entrepreneur and also working for people having over 200 under me and directly when I was a business, I went up to about 15, but you have to be like an agony ant with this. And I think you learned a lot from relationships by actually being an employer, but that's a hard, like, I don't think people realize with that number, how difficult that is. Yeah, uh, it's, it definitely gives you a lot of insight into lots of different people and also the business being security here. Uh, lots of like blue collar workers, if you call them that, I'm not sure what the correct term is for that, but um, getting exposed to lots of people's needs and desires and helping them achieve their um, dreams if it, like dreams and goals and making sure that they are aligned with like the company's goals and visions and um, yeah, it was really beautiful to see when I did leave the business and sold it, um, how like how touched people were by the way I got to interact with them and lead them and um, how, what kind of like legacy I got to leave. And even now I, the company is still um, is continuing. And when sometimes I visit the sites and some of the buildings that I had signed um, as my clients, like almost a decade ago, and they are, the guards are still there and they still remember you and they still kind of like, you know, so it's really um, incredible just what kind of like impact that you can make when you are conscious and conscientious of the type of relationships that you want to have and want to build. So you mentioned plant medicine. Is that ayahuasca or what was your journey on that? Mm, ayahuasca was the first one. I've tried them, most of them. So um, ayahuasca did maybe like 10 or 11 of those. Um, a hero's journey with psilocybin. So the, the big five grams of psilocybin. And then I've done about four uh, iboga as well, iboga ceremonies as well. So I've done a few different ones. I don't know anything about the second two. So, but the say 11 ayahuascas, because like I, I've heard different stories. I mean, I've, I, I haven't done it myself, but I know people that have done a lot. I know people that have even taught it that I've had on the show as well. And people get different kind of journeys from it. Have you ever had a bad trip or what was the reasoning behind going, you know, doing it the second and further on? The first, I especially with ayahuasca, the first one was the best, the most beautiful one. And I almost feel like tricked a little bit because after that, almost every journey has been incredibly difficult. <laughs> and the motivation, because the medicine for me at least, I guess maybe it's not for everybody, but for me, it's incredibly difficult. It's not fun. It's not like a, a, a joyride or... Um, 
or a, a walk in the park. It's incredibly, incredibly challenging. And anytime I've gone, I've had a very like deep mm, thing that I wanted to shift, I guess. So for example, at one stage about four or five years ago, I had depression for like six months and I could barely get out of bed. I'd get out of bed once a day to eat and walk around a little bit and then get back to bed. And after like four or five months, I was like desperate to shift this. And the one thing that I could like think of, I was like, well, even though it's so difficult, the one thing that I can think that might help me was ayahuasca and it did. And shifted it and this the second thing that you've done then the after the ayahuasca what was the the second thing you mentioned the heroes the heroes yeah. dose of psilocybin that was probably the most difficult night of my life it was you know how they say with trauma uh you forget it if it's that traumatic it was so traumatic that i actually don't remember it and i know um it's different for different people. So for everyone, like they, they have their medicine. My favorite one out of those three. And the fourth one that I've done also is San Pedro. My favorite one is Iboga, um, which is the one that I've been working with like lately. I did like four ceremonies in a year <laughs> last year. And um, so, yeah, so I guess I kept on like seeking and searching the best medicine for me and we're so blessed to have access to so many different medicines especially in this day and age um especially in South Africa and um and yeah so I kept on like searching for the one that like worked best for me and with Iboga I just found it was the most it gave me depth and what I was looking for so any intention that I'd set for that medicine whether it was to uh, find my message and my purpose even the relating academy came from an aboga ceremony because the message that I got with like all of the different threads of like building businesses and working in hospitality and living with people in close quarters and all and all the different things like came together and it's like oh it's all relationships and it's all relating and that was like the birthplace of of um, the Relating Academy. So I'm profoundly grateful for the plant medicines that have led me to even what I'm doing today. Good. I, the two things that I've done was I did the toad and I organized five people to do it. Two said it was the best experience of their life. I just kind of kind of saw a flash of white light and started teaching, thinking of my teachers from when I was four years of age, remembering who they were and everything. And that was kind of, but the other one was DMT. That was in Costa Rica. And there was about 20 of us done that. And that kind of takes, it's like the drips in the mouth. And we had like the facilitators there, but that was beautiful. That was, we done it out in the moonlight. And I remember just thinking, we're all connected, just seeing everything. And from that moment, then I was like, all right, I get it. And for me, that was enough. Like that was, I didn't need to do something else. Like I just felt that was a, you know, and it lasts for hours. I remember even like, it's not that you're comatized because some of these things you can be. It was like, I remember going, you know, to the bathroom and looking into the eyes, it was like looking into the universe. You know, it was like, um, it was just such a fascinating experience. But, you know, I, I think uh, everybody has to try something and just once once they've got somebody around them that's actually making sure that that, that it's safe, not, you know, getting mm -hmm. something off some fella on the side of the street. Like, you know, you have to be very careful. Yeah, and the space needs to be sacred and held very well because you are opening realms to like spiritual dimensions that we, uh, myself as a layman in the space, don't know 
too much about compared to the shamans. The other thing that kept me going back is the last couple of years, my mom and I have been doing ceremonies together. So that has been a really beautiful intergenerational healing experience. And there's not a lot of like daughter, mom, or, you know, parent, child, um, people that are fine that do go to these types of circles and ceremonies. So I really, I'm I'm so blessed and I'm so grateful that my mom is interested in it. And sometimes she feels like going to a ceremony and she'll ask me if I want to come along. And sometimes I'll feel like going to a ceremony and ask her if she wants to join. So her and I have this beautiful healing and plant medicine uh, relationship. And it's fascinating because in my family, so it's my sister and I and my parents, and in my family, it's like split right down the middle where my mom and I are on the deep end this way. And my dad and my sister are on the deep end on the other side. And they're like, want nothing to do with it. I mean, they could, they're interested. They're not like not interested, like don't tell me about it, but it's not their thing at all. And I think I find that so fascinating in our family dynamic. I remember my brother lives in Holland. And I was there with my folk and we were all eating magic mushrooms. <laughs> it was just a nice experience. That we, it didn't really work. We didn't get the same experience as you would normally. But the fact that they actually were there and we were sitting down munching on the mushrooms, it was kind of a nice experience. It just shows the trust that you have with your family. Yes, the trust and the vulnerability to go to these like deep places and dark places sometimes, sometimes light places and experience all of humanity and like not be so surface, which I I can be definitely um, sometimes when I, I don't feel like being vulnerable. And in these circles, you don't really have a choice. You just, just are. So which kind of relationship, since we're talking about parents, sometimes there can be a really toxic parent. And you, I mean, I've seen it in relationships that I have it like, I, I can't believe I, I've just been very lucky. I'm very close to my parents. And, you know, I've had a fantastic kind of upbringing, but I've seen how terrible it can be. And is it a case when you know that, that you cut the ties or do you have to kind of figure out ways of making it work? Mm, that's a really, really beautiful question. So one of the core philosophies that we that I live by is how the all relationships are a mirror, including the toxic and the difficult ones. And those are our greatest teachers. And yeah, for some people, uh, cutting it off is the right move. Um, but there are also lots of ways to alchemize toxicity and difficult relationships as well. And um when I when I say like all relationships are mirror like what does that mean uh for me like I love to study like quantum physics and like how the universe is a hologram there's tons of teachers out there like we can't really deny that if we go if we look for it right and so to really like take that on responsibly and go like okay well if this is being presented to me in this form, then I can use it as an opportunity to reflect on myself, like where am I being difficult or maybe even toxic, you know? And also when someone says toxic, it's a very blanket statement and it can mean lots of different things. And I encourage, one of the first things that I encourage clients to do is start to say, or start to think like, instead of generally labeling as toxic, start to label it as misunderstood. Right? It may feel toxic, but it's also something that you may or may not understand. And that starts to soften 
that um that judgment and starts to let in a little bit more compassion because like you say if we're all interrelated and interconnected like we really are then nothing is on the outside and I actually can't hurt anything on the outside without hurting myself so by this person being toxic the more they are hurting people on the outside the more they are hurting themselves so imagine how much pain that person is actually in and you know famously the quote like hurt people hurt people now that doesn't mean you have to tolerate it all right that like you, for some people it's the right move to cut that off and move on completely uh, I do encourage if there if there is a possible ability to alchemize and rebuild that relationship or understand it or start to see how it's a reflection in yourself it's a huge opportunity to discover our shadow sides and sometimes the things our blind sides and not blind sides blind spots and sometimes the things that we don't want to see about ourselves does that make sense oh, no absolutely and like sometimes what happens in these situations is there's an addiction but if you start tra tracing the layers back it's usually a few generations and like you say having compassion and a lot of the time they've done 10 times better than their parents did to them. And and yet you look at them and you kind of tear them with a brush. But when you realize the upbringing that they've had, so having the compassion, you know, I think is very important. Yes, having the compassion. And also the more we judge people on the outside um, and we judge like that is toxic behavior, that's bad, that's the more we're also judging ourselves. So we are our own harshest critic. And so um, having compassion for others includes having compassion for yourself. And especially, like I say, the difficult parts or the things that we don't love about ourselves or love about the world because the world's not all love and light humans aren't love and light it's not all like good behavior and it's all going to be um utopia you know it it takes the full spectrum including that like difficulty and the toxicity to build the human condition the human experience and in a relationship then when one person wants to go and get like talk to a coach go to therapy get help but the other is like no we don't need it or it's your pro you you're the problem which it normally kind of <laughs> it's the mirror effect in that as well what's your kind of suggestion in them situations i love this question because i get it so many times Whereas someone, one person is leading kind of like this, the healing, right? Or they, they want the change and the other person is either ambivalent or straight up like against it. And um, so there's a few things that you can do. The, the first thing is like work on yourself. It's, it's the most important thing is like for you to be so good within yourself that it doesn't matter if the other person comes along for the healing or not. Like you are creating this wholeness within yourself, right? And that starts from gratitude. And I'll give you an example. Um, I had a friend recently who became like quite emotionally distant and I was journaling like, oh, I really wish this friend was more like emotionally available to me. And then it, like I, I journaled on and I was like, well, she's not so how can I be grateful for exactly how she is 
So she has been for, like here for me in this way and that way and that way, which may be completely different from being emotionally available, but she has completely showed up in different ways. And for me to start with gratitude for how it is and not how I wish it to be, because every single person wants to be loved and appreciated for exactly who they are. So if your partner, whoever you're wishing this like change of behavior on, if you keep being like grateful, but like, I'm so grateful for you, but if only you wanted to come to coaching or therapy or whatever, like that doesn't work because that, that, but is kind of like that, like invalidation, you know, whereas like, if you can get like completely grateful for exactly how they are and find ways that well, maybe because they don't want to go down the healing path, you have to get more creative with the healing path. Maybe you have to get deeper with your own healing then, you know, and the more you start to own that and own that gratitude, uh, the other person starts to come around. They like, oh, it looks really great where you're at. Like, what are you doing? You know, so it's like it, it's the second step after the gratitude is really like embodying the thing that you want from the other person. And that is much harder done than said. Lots of people talk about embodiment and everything, but like really walking the the walk and um, and sh like showing up as this like person that's on this journey and that you're um you're whole and you're not expecting the other person to fulfill you in any in any way the other person is going to get more and more attracted because you're going to be become more and more magnetic and your way is going to become more and more magnetic because you are whole and you're not like waiting and anticipating from this other person and so all that leads to kind of like that detachment because with any kind of like meditation manifestation the more we want something and the more desperate we are for it what happens the more it like goes away right because we are separate from it right so the more we become one with the kind of with what we want without needing the other person to fulfill us or give us anything the more that starts to become a reality Oh, I know this is kind of a big one that I've witnessed with friends and just a lot of times. Sometimes when there's an issue, somebody has maybe a work issue or whatever, the woman brings it to the man and they tell him what's going on, but they just want to be heard. And the man, especially the entrepreneur, wants to come in and this is what you need to do. And then they get annoyed with him for doing that. They don't want them to give him solutions. They just want to listen. How can we kind of make people kind of understand that one? Yeah, that's a really great question. So it all boils down to needs, right? And um, having the ability to communicate in the needs, within needs. So as the woman, if my need is to be heard, it's actually my responsibility to communicate that. Saying something like, honey, I know your go-to is solutions and problem solving, and you're so good at that. And I love that about you so much. Like you're so good at that. Right now, my need is for you to hold space and to just listen. Would that be okay? Right. And so just like it's it's as as a woman, it's my responsibility to communicate that need versus expecting my partner to know what I need and want and like expect from them, you know. Exactly. So really sometimes if you keep quiet, 
they're saying you don't care you're not giving me solutions when you give solutions they're giving out you that you should be quiet so what you've just said is perfect if somebody kind of tells you at the start okay i know the rule book today yeah yeah within you know um everything with coaches like communication is a big part of it and I love one of the my core like books is nonviolent communication. Have you have you read it, Roy? I haven't, but I've listened to something that you've said, so I've written it down to actually buy that one because uh, yeah, I heard you talking about that. Yeah, and what I really love about that book is that what stands out is to be like loud and proud about your needs as a human being, not like be shy and be like, oh, like I don't want to be a burden and da, da, da. the more we parade our needs in a like in a relatively sensitive way but not in a um like arrogant or selfish way but like this is my needs the more other people are going to know what to do with you <laughs> and good to know how to communicate how to help you and um, we have such a crisis these days of like loneliness and um and people really like not sharing their needs um, with other people that I, I think that's like really one of the best places we can start. Very good. And your book then, because uh, one, I, I think you wrote that you've written two, but I found one, The, the Business yeah. Tango. Yeah. So you might tell me a little bit about that. Yes. So that was the first one, The Business Tango. The second one was The Mystery and Magic of Depression. So it's actually linked to, I told you, the six months that I had of depression and how I got myself out of that using plant medicine. So for anyone who and um, doesn't want to go the traditional route. And then the third book that I'm writing now is called Superior Relating on Relationships. But back to the business tango, um, it was in the days of my security business. And I was just a young entrepreneur that wanted to prove herself. <laughs> that was all. I was walking into rooms uh, with like just you know businessmen who were double my age and I had to like prove myself over and over again so it was to be completely frank the book originated as a branding exercise I just wanted to like brand myself to like you know this is what I do and it, it's on entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship and that's what I knew at the time about entrepreneurship and uh, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship being an entrepreneur within a business. So that's the experience that that I had. I interviewed, I think like 30 or 35 entrepreneurs to get inspiration of like how to lead people and how to be a better business owner and, um, and all of that. So that was um, a really, like it was a really powerful exercise. It got me into the world of authorship, um, but also, it's like, it's definitely not like the book that I am leading with today, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. And you've spent, I, I believe it was like eight years studying human behavior. So was mm -hmm. that like something from university level or is it just kind of like continuous development that you've kind of realized that obviously this is working well for what you're doing now as well as previously? Parallel to university, I studied human behavior. So I don't have a degree in psychology or anything like that. So I have a, a degree, an honors degree in property studies of all things, so like real estate. Um, and 
So with the human behavior, I started going to personal development seminars when I was 18. Uh, it's all grateful. Like I'm very grateful to my dad actually who introduced me because he was super interested in it at the time. And so he'd take me along to these courses and, um, and that kind of like started it. And then I studied under Dr. John Demartini for about eight years and then other modalities from Dr. Joe Dispenza to, um, meditation retreats in India to all sorts of different things that I started to add on. But uh, yeah, I would build the businesses at the same time as like studying in university and then like going and building businesses and things like that. I would do all these studies on human behavior on the side and I kind of apply all the principles to, for my own success, but I wouldn't tell anyone. So I was like this closeted hippie or closeted spiritual person I didn't really have words for it at the time either and then after figuring out that um building businesses and making the money wasn't bringing me all the success and happiness that I thought it was going to that's when I went full tilt into um, human behavior and spirituality and all of that very good and your own kind of go-to meditation then which i mean the fact that you've been to india and you've tried a lot of different things what do you think serves you best what type of meditation so right now i'm doing a combination of tm transcendental meditation and um dr joe dispenser meditation so i do like activation of the eight energy centers are you familiar with dr joe dispenser's meditation him, yeah yeah i don't know his meditation but in fact hard from um, I, I really like, so I, I don't recommend this for anyone who's starting. Please know that I've been like meditating for almost 15 years. So I have managed to like kind of mix and blend my own thing now. For a lot of my students who are just starting, we start with like something simple, either like mantra or breath focus or something like that. But like, right. And and for me, it changes. Um, Sometimes I get bored of one certain type of meditation. Like I'm, yeah, I have a little bit of shiny object syndrome. So I have to be careful because at one stage I'm doing like Kundalini yoga mantras and this one and that one. So I have to be a little bit careful with that. But the combination that I have now is TM and Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I kind of just do it for about 20 minutes, but in the morning um, and sometimes in the afternoon. But the most important thing is that I actually unlock the feeling so if I find my, that I'm just meditating and just being numb, um, I continue to meditate. And the, there's a certain feeling that I unlock, the feeling of like energy, inspiration, gratitude, where I kind of feel like my body and my soul and my spirit like come alive. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm ready for my day. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Versus just like putting 20 minutes on the clock and you know, whatever happens in that, those 20 minutes. I've done that as well. This is just where I'm at today, where it's all about like unlocking. And I always like want to make sure that like the purpose of my meditation is to feel good, is to unlock that inspiration and that energy. And I think a lot of people don't talk about what you've just said. I mean, I know from my own journey, I played around with a lot of different things and I found something that kind of works for me. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's just just sitting there in the morning and just kind of thinking, okay, what am I going to do? But I know I'm, I'm in total flow where some people think they learn a certain thing and they stick with that and it just doesn't feel right. And it's like, it's you just listen to your body. And when you find, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, the six phase meditation, that worked for me. That was brilliant. Then you do it through your own head and then you try something else. You try just listening to stuff. But once you're in tune with your body, 
it's okay to change. You don't have to stick that. And, you know, we're not a tree. We, we don't have to stay still. We can move around even. Like when I realize you, you don't have to close your eyes and try to remain. Because most people, unfortunately, they think they need pure silence. Like you can stand looking at the waves. And that's the form of it. There's so many different things you can do. And all you need to do is find what works for you. And as long as you feel good, that works for yeah. you. Nobody can tell you, hey, you must do it this way. You can try what they're telling you. But it's like, if it doesn't resonate, don't beat yourself up. Try something else. Yes, I I so resonate with that. And there's times for like discipline and strict meditation. So for example, when I did Vipassana and that's like 10 days of one type of meditation to kind of like get it through my thick skull of how to do the specific meditation, you know, so that I can use it in the future. And I actually do use elements of Vipassana where I start to imagine myself like disintegrating into the molecules that I am and then building a new reality of the one that I want. Um, I use elements of that as well. And um, and yeah, whatever works for you. And it depends on, on your goal because lots of people also meditate, but it's actually just a form of escape or numbing. And like with different events i mean we've been to i think afs we met originally does um, like lots of different bread works and i have maybe 10 different facilitators and they're all incredible to be honest which is very rarely it hasn't worked with me it's only when they're they're afraid of actually the audience getting too deep it kind of annoys me because i know how good it can feel and you're sitting there and you're going ah, i want to go a bit deeper with this like but what kind of breath works have you tried and did, did is that something that you try to practice uh often I love breath work. I often talk about emotional alchemy and also self-regulation, especially with relationships, right? Like just emotional alchemy, self-regulation is so important. And breath work is one of the best tools on the planet um, for that. I've tried lots of different types. I can't even start to begin to tell you. I, again, like my first breath work was when I was like 18 years old, you know? So I've tried, I've again molded the one that I do now. I've kind of like found a couple that like work best for me. So the one is like two step. Um, So I breathe into my belly and then breathe into my chest and then breathe out. And then that's the two step that I do. That's super, super powerful. I'll usually put on like a Kundalini mantra or something to like carry me through the, um, through the practice. And then I'll just do connected breath, like breathe into my, like my tummy and then out and then my chest and then out and just like play with the different cavities almost. And again, it's about like that feeling and generating that life force, that energy, like so many of us are walking around like tired and numb, myself included for many, many years, and just like generating that life force um, is so, so powerful. And um, yeah, for the most part, these days I do practice myself, but when I do have an opportunity to hop into a breathwork class, I do. I have had also some practitioners that weren't that great where they, sometimes where they leave you at that tingling sensation they aren't able to like push you through they just they just like there's something that's like missing when that's not enough that is the most like frustrating breath work for me so that's why a lot of the time I just like do my own thing 
like if it's a, a big audience and they're going deep like there will be releases and someone screaming next you can throw you off because you want to go deep you know the beautiful things that you can see or i don't know i remember happening once where my hands kind of clawed up that and yeah. apparently that's kind of normal as well but when it happens first you're kind of freaking out like it's like what's going on here you know that your hands yeah. just kind of lock into place did that ever happen to you it hasn't happened to me personally, but it is normal. And uh, the practitioner honestly should have told you that that was might happen type of thing. Because like when you do, when it does happen first time, it can be a bit of a shock. But if you just keep breathing, you'll be fine. So I know you kind of talk about tapping as well. Um, so like, is this something that you practice? Is this something you encourage people in you know, like the, the e e EFT tapping? Yeah. EFT tapping Emotional is one of my favorite tools as well um the one of the things that i love about it is because i can measure it physically working on my body almost immediately or within five minutes right so if i'm feeling a sense in let's let's take a, a, a relationship example if there's like a conflict that is resulting in a tension within me and i say like okay the tension i'm feeling from this conflict is that an eight out of 10 or a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, right? Like this is like physical tension. And then I do the tapping, which is the nine points. And it's easy to go onto YouTube and just find the, the nine points. And so everything it's based on Chinese traditional medicine, which is one of my favorite modalities um, in yoga and then in tapping as well. And, and then like after doing the tapping for five minutes, then I noticed that this tension, this anxiety or this conflict that I was feeling is now at a, a five out of 10 or a four out of 10. So like it's practically, physically is working, you know, and that's one of my favorite things, things about it. Brilliant. And with the relationship coaching then, because what happens a lot, what I see with in life, different parenting styles when you have the kids, like, different ways of doing it so how do you resolve that because that leads to a lot of conflict when people have a different thought process how this should be done mm. so the first thing is to identify that the enemy is never your partner it's me and you against the world or me and you against this issue right how to parent or how to school or how to x so that's, I think, is the most important first step is to be like, we are on the same side and ultimately we want the same thing. One of the, my favorite conflict questions in general, whether it's parenting or anything else, is be, beyond what you and I want, what does love want? You know, so More really the, the health and the love and the, you know, safety of the children, you know, or the best for the kids, right? So we want that we're on the same page. And then from there, it's about having the communication skills of communicating, you know, how you think the best path is to that common goal, how they think the best path is to the common goal and why. And the most beautiful thing is that these days we have access to so many communication books and we can build these skill sets. A lot of the times we look at this like, oh, well, I don't have the skill set to communicate with my partner. Like, oh, well, but that's not an excuse anymore. There is like, there's coaching, there's podcasts, there's books, there's like, like, upskill yourself. If you find that you're struggling with 
communication or co-parenting whatever find like really like commit to that and go like I want to get better at that you know so just uh, having having those skill set and then what I like to remember, what I like to remind couples is that once upon a time when they were like courting each other, for example, they didn't have a problem in communicating, you know, they, they actually communicated because it was important for them to communicate. And now they've kind of like lost touch or lost that ability because they don't place that importance on it anymore. So it's about going like, yeah, it's really important for us to be on the same side, to find the right solutions. And, um, and to help like educate each other, like be curious about the others versus judgment, right? Like it's like, oh, that's wrong. This is right. But like the more I'm like just very, very, very curious about the other person's stance or approach, the more um, they're going to be curious about mine. Again, like if relationships are mirrors and if my if my stance or approach is being like rejected all the time, then I want to ask myself, where am I rejecting them? Right. And that we, that way you start to soften, you start to have more compassion and then you can have a better conversation about any issue, including parenting. And with like, there's one kind of famous book on relationships, the five love languages, you know, like those gifts, those, you know, nice words, you know, just cuddling, and it, it there's probably more that when we go deep down the rabbit hole and how important is it that you're kind of open and kind of let them know rather than you should know me and you should understand what I want. How important is it to let them know? Um, so do you know the book, The Four Agreements? Yeah. By, uh, yeah. And then there's the, his son has done the five agreements. That one is it? Yeah. And it's one of my favorite books of all time. And the first, the two of those agreements are so, um, with like within relationships, all four can can apply. But the first one is never make assumptions, right? And then the second one is never take anything personally. And if you just apply those two things into any conversation, you'd be surprised how easy it is to have a great relationship, you know? So um, with, like, I love how the five languages is like so mainstream. I mean, you know, lots of people know about it now and you can start to understand. It takes conscientiousness and being like, open and awake to actually um execute it right because like it's so easy to just like what's the word um it's so easy to be lazy uh you know and just like um so someone will assume like what's important to me and I'll assume what's important to them but like good healthy relationships just like having a good healthy business requires you to sit up pay attention and do the work and participate and prioritize it and like with the meditation with everything you know the calmness and being in control like that kind of has an advantage as well because sometimes somebody has a shitty day, something goes wrong, or they're just, sometimes we get over the wrong side of the bed, nobody wakes up every day with a big smile, because, you know, I kind of buyer beware when you see that there's something going on, because I, I have yet to meet somebody, I get a blues days, you know, maybe one or two a month, but it does happen, and it happens, I just kind of embrace it, it is what it is, I go watch a comedy or something like that, but what I noticed is, no matter what situation you're in, that 
when you're able to kind of kind of hold your breath and even though your mind and you the old me would be not just me but you know people that are kind of you can kind of help the situation that eventually their anger dissipates and then they kind of realize hey what's that and it never spirals because what unfortunately usually happens is you say something you hurt me then i say something about say your mother and then you say something about my child and, da, 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 da. and before you know it we're both ripping each other's heads off but like i think like the reality is no matter what situation you're in is it's kind of grow yourself as much as you can because the stronger that you are the better situations that you will actually create Yes, I love what you said there. It all comes down. That's why at the Relating Academy, we really teach about healthy relationships from the inside out. It's not about like that other person out there. It's about, no, what is your reaction to that reaction? You know, like how do you get better? And something that uh, really describes um, super well, like how to get to this place where you can be less reactive is what I called the Frankel pause. So Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, wrote that your freedom lies in the space between stimulus and reaction. The quote is obviously a little bit different. So in that space, so there's a stimulus and then you want to react and the old you would have reacted like that, right? But now the new you with your meditation practices, the new you is able to put in a little bit more space between that stimulus and that reaction. So that next time you can think, do I really want to react that way? What's the consequence of reacting that way? Is there a different way I'd prefer to react? What does the new me react and do in the situation? And so the more we can live in that kind of like conscientious Viktor Frankl, the Frankl pause, um, the the more you are in control of the type of person you want to be in the relationship, the types of behaviors and actions that you want to portray and have. And that will then play a huge influence on how your relationship looks like. And I think with like anything in life, if we embrace it and start studying. So if I look at different things that I've done like for example I hated public speaking and then I just went deep in read books started studying it started doing it started practicing overcame that like when I became a parent I started reading books on how to be a good parent what to do da 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 with work in work environments or even in relationships normally I wouldn't be the type that would, would explode I'd be just letting it build up but then I'd go white see white and I didn't like that so I started reading books on anger and I took that out of my and it's like anything I do I realize the flaw that I've got. I don't blame anybody accused. Oh, you made me angry. You made me this. You made me that. It's like, I made me angry because if I can game, keep calm, it doesn't happen. And I think most people, we have to kind of accept responsibility for ourselves and stop blaming anybody. And you, there's so much material out there that you, like even in the relationships, you can do loads of reads, loads of books, get the coaching, obviously. And, no, and I just accept it. Whereas instead of just chugging through life, because unfortunately, there's so many people that are in relationships and they kind of say, oh, we're just together because of the kids or we're just doing this, uh, you know, or does financially they can't part. Instead of saying, let's make this work. We fell in love. We were mad about each other. If we had that, why can't we get that again? Why do we have to actually go to a hate process? And when you're conscious to make your life better, you actually will. Mm. 
That is so powerful. And it's interesting that you say that today is actually my parents' 37th uh, anniversary. So it's 37 years ago today, they got married. Lovely. And my parents went through incredibly difficult decades. So it's not, it wasn't a couple years that, you know, they were fighting or whatever, but like throughout most of my childhood and I say this with so much love and I'm so glad they didn't, but I, as a child, really wished they would separate because it was just, there was so much tension and it was so difficult for them. My mom and dad are very different people and to witness them, to come through to the other side of that and the type of companionship and love that they have now and I, I feel very, very blessed to, to have witnessed that deep of a struggle. And, you know, my mom actually shared with me how one day she really, really just committed. And she's like, I'm staying. I'm going to make this work. You know, and if you really make that, like, I'm staying, I'm going to find a way to make this work. Then the that hatred, or not the hatred, but like that severe tension almost has to go away because you can't live like that. You can't, if that's if that's a commitment for decades or for your lifetime, whatever, like if you're going to hold on to that, you're going to make yourself sick, right? So as soon as you really start to make, can make that commitment, a lot of that starts to dissipate. And there's lots of incredibly challenging and difficult relationships relationships are here to teach us uh, first and foremost they're not here to make us happy uh, they they can be uh, at certain times but primarily that we're here to evolve and relationships are one one of our greatest tools to do that and um, like you say we have so much access to learn about you know about relating relationships ourselves all these things that when we make it important, then it starts to change. It starts to shift. I mean, you mentioned your parents. Like my father died in May this year, but they were fifty years married, and are like the same thing. They went through the same kind of roller coaster. And I actually said it at the funeral. It was like I thought that once we moved out of the house, that they'd actually get divorced. And I, I said, I realized I was the problem because I never saw them so close together afterwards. You know, they, they, it was actually incredible. They go, went on holidays. They used to go with friends and then they said they preferred going themselves. They go for walks. And I've never seen, like, it just shows most people think there's no hope. And when you see something like that, that it was like they had such an incredible relationship together. And I've seen it with others as well. Whereas most people say, no, this isn't working, throwing the towel. So the reality is everything is retrievable. It really is. It really is, especially when you start to take that radical responsibility and you start to work on yourself, then anything is possible. Anything is possible. Fantastic. Listen, Anna, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. You might let people know where they can find you. Yes, of course. It's on relatingacademy.com. All of our information is on there. And then my Instagram is really the best place to find me. So at Anna Shalina. And um, that's pretty much it. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Anna. I'll make sure I'll put the links both on the audio and the video. Okay. So. Thank you, Roy. I really, really enjoyed this, this chat today. No problem. So that's all for the meditation podcast. You'll find all our episodes on meditationpodcast.org. Until next week, take care. So I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. You'll find everything about me on bio.link forward slash podcaster with all my 
podcasts and you'll find it you see in the QR code in the graphic that's shown. I'd like again to thank my sponsors. So if you or someone you know struggling with anxiety and want to know how to be 100% anxiety free six weeks without therapy or drugs, Daniel Packard's Anxiety Solution Program company offers a six-week system that permanently solves anxiety at an astounding 90% success rate. People who join the program only pay at the end once they have clear, measurable results. If you're interested in learning more, go to permanentanxietysolutions.com where you can book a free consultation with Daniel. Do you fight blood pressure and or want to get off the meds? Doctors are amazed at what Zona Plus can do. You can get a $50 discount with my code Roy, com slash discount slash Roy. And you'll see it in the QR code as well as Daniel's QR code. Quality manufacturer of metal products for telecommunication and workshop equipment and other metal materials. you see the brochure there in the QR code. And let me know if you would like a quotation shipped internationally at very competitive price. I'd like to thank all my sponsors and also all my listeners. Be sure to give me a thumbs up. Five-star rating, share with your friends. really helps. And I also have a video on how to give a five-star rating because a lot of people have wrote to me asking me that they don't know how to do that. Until next week, take care.